Blog Talk Radio. What's good? It's your boy, the coach from the WWE. There's a lot of wrestling shows out there. There's a lot of talking heads out there. But nobody says more with less than WrestleCast Radio. You may not always agree with what they say. You might not always agree with what they do. But the one thing you will do is listen. WrestleCast Radio is on the air. Here we go. But tonight, we need Solo no more. What up, Alex? Welcome back. Welcome to the season premiere of WrestleCast Radio on Strong Style Media <laughs> Network. Why am I watching you... a match in Red Lens, by the way? Oh, God. What the oh, hell is so going you're on? Just, you're just starting this catastrophe right just now. Just starting oh, it. Fantastic. There's a broken table. Seth Rollins is just got planted, and I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I almost turned it off when the red light didn't leave. 
I was like, well, this already pisses me off. <laughs> I, it's, I like, unfortunately it's like going to a go uh, 21 Pilots concert. They have so many red <laughs> lights. You're like, you can't even see anything. Not this willingly, was, uh, by the way, audience. That was at Lollapalooza, and then we left like four songs in. So not this, a fan. This was one of two matches that didn't actually get a rating from me um, on the pay-per-view. Um, wow. What is this, the <laughs> Ring of Honor show? Oh, my gosh. You, you know, there, there's a couple things that we didn't put on the run sheet, uh, Ring of Honor being one of them, because I, I had some numbers from that uh, Death Before Dishonor, which uh, death is the impervious term to use with this company that we've been oh. saying since January. Um, but also, I forgot to put in the New Japan Minoru Suzuki stuff. So we got a couple little side notes and also news and oh, rumors yes. as, to tie with that. Um we got a packed show, guys. There's a lot to talk about in a short window here as as we have uh, crazy work schedules now between the two of us. So we're going to keep I – I just want to let everyone know we're going to keep getting content. I had somebody ask me um, through email if, uh, if if we were going biweekly, which was part of the reason I did two quick half-hour shows last week. It's just real life is crazy at the moment, so just, just bear with us. But we will yes. be pumping out content. With, Shout out to Elijah and Jordan. Who uh, and, who've and been Peruken. giving sportscast? So, what's that? What's yep. that? Sorry, I was talking over you. No, sorry. Uh, with, with the King of Pro Wrestling and and uh, the Dragon Gate Show, um, with Karukin later on, uh, or I should say tomorrow morning. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm like way back into it now, so we should be good. We're gonna be back on track. Uh, definitely better than this this hell in a cell match that I'm watching. <laughs> yeah, we get uh in. in maybe six hours, we get Ben K defending the title against Masaki Mochizuki. I am ecstatic nice. from that, uh, hearing that that's going to be on the show. It's a lot of multi-mans, uh, Dragon Kid, or it's, uh, it's Kness, Super Shiza, Ryo Saito, and, and Ultimo Dragon going as a team. They're taking on Big R and Eita, uh, Kanda, and Diamante. So Ultimo's going against the, the Real Extreme nice. Diffusion guys. Um, Naruki Doi, Dragon no Kid, What's that? You think so? No, I said they don't give no Fs about Ultimate <laughs> Dragon. So they're going to disrespect him and call him Ultimate Dragon, like uh, a la the 90s. So, uh, oh, yeah, so watch out. That's, that's going to be some fun stuff. Is Ata the one that's going to pull Ultimo off the apron during the Asahi spot? It's got to be him, right? Oh, totally. 100%. <laughs> He's going to be the main focus for R.E.D. during that match. He's going to be that guy you just want to slap across the face there with that <laughs> smugness, and then he'll just super kick the shit out of you. Cast, <laughs> um, they're also doing just a couple other ones that'll really pop the crowd. Uh, Naruki Doi, Dragon Kid, and Jason Lee are taking on KZ, uh, Susumi Yokosuka, and Brother Yashi. And then they're throwing another singles match at us. Masato Yoshino against Shun Skywalker. So that looks awesome. But yeah, as Alex so alluded to, that's Skywalker that must be looking to get a push uh, come 2020 here. He's, he's been in some pretty marquee showcase matchups over the last couple of months. Yeah, I think they're giving him the previous year Ben K treatment where he's getting in there with all the all the big name solo guys and, you know, he takes the fall, but I think they're testing the water with him. And I mean, everything we've seen with, with the KZ match with the Ben K mm-hmm. match, like everything he's done has been really, really good. So he yeah, adapts I think you're so something. flawlessly. 
I mean, mm. when it comes to the different styles in the matches that we've seen over the last couple of months, I mean, KZ being a prime example that that was, you know, we everyone was expecting a fast-paced acrobatic match, but you know, it just kind of simmered until, of course, you know, the sequences of sequences. Yeah, that was one of the uh, bright spots of going. Oh, thank you, Kobe World, for giving us another singles match because that was freaking yeah. awesome. Um. So like he mentioned, we will be back talking about that. King of Pro Wrestling is next Monday. I got to try to figure out how to sneak that in while I'm on vacation here. Um, maybe Bring one your iPad. Late... Yeah, it'll be one of the late nights while I'm uh, by myself, probably sitting solo dolo at the bar. Got the uh, the, the the computer going. <laughs> so, but that, dude, that card's going to be stacked. So I can't wait to check that out. Wait, we go to the Las Vegas fight shop. Yes, I'll go in there and go, hey, let me get an interview with you hey, we're on Twitter. Hey, they follow us, and we follow them. I got to go give them some love. I'll be getting some merch, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Like, obviously, Hell in a Cell, which you're finishing up, so we'll do that a little bit later, which was – this might have been the worst show of the entire year. I have never not cared <laughs> so much about wrestling in my life. I think – let's see, one, two, three – Four, five, we'll say half, two halves. So six of the 10, but we'll call it five of the 10 matches. I hit the 10 second skip through like half the matches. Like I watched. Oh, Seth Rollins, come on. Um, We got to talk the Wednesday Night Wars though, because some of these numbers are just staggering with the demographics. Uh, But you mentioned ROH. Uh, death, or what we were talking with, with ROH. So, Death Before Dishonor, which, you know, their July pay per view, I think was best in the world, did 3,500 yep. pay per view buys. Did you see the number that this show did? You mean 35,000, right? Or, no, 3,500. 3,500. How many people do you think were in attendance, do you think? Well, so so they took 600 tickets at this show, um, but then they gave away free tickets, and by the end of it, they had 850 people in there. Wow. Um, this pay-per-view, Alex, did just slightly over 800 buys. This Ooh. was a 78% drop from their J- July pay-per-view. What? Why do you think Ring of Honor is in, in such dire straits? Yes, you know, we talked about the Elite leaving, Cody leaving, you know, uh, their their partnership with New Japan post-Madison Square Garden. Has it really benefited Ring of Honor, if you will? You know, NWA even said, hey, after one show, I'm out. <laughs> you know, so, so with that aspect there, you know, they're, they're going to be getting a weekly show where, you know, they're still in syndication, they give a guy a title who can't even utilize his ring name, but the fans always know Roosh is Roosh, uh, even though he, he has some crazy-ass uh, name now. It's like El, El Blanco de Unicorno. Unicorno, let's go. That's way better than El Toro Blanco. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, which I can't wait to hear your uh, uh, your CMLL. Uh, Dragon Lee and Roosh or uh, Blanco Unicorno, uh, you know, that, that aspect here in a second. 
but I mean, this was supposed to be a big moment. You know, Matt Tavins, you know, his contract was, you know, up at the, at the end of the last month. You know, the villains is coming up here pretty shortly. Roosh, you know, you know, kind of continuing uh, the feud from CMLL that he had with Taven over the last couple of years. So this match kind of has history, I would say, more than any other match in the last six, seven months within this company. But again, Ryan, why is it in dire straits? They bring blokes from England. They're bringing, you know, uh, people, you know, from the crowd to the back you know, room to, to give him a talking to. I mean, I, I, I just don't know. Do you think that kind of started the downturn, the fan backlash? Where wrestling at the moment is on a boom. It's like 1998 all over again, just with the multiple, multiple options. But Ring of Honor just seems to be going to the bottom of the barrel. I think it's just people don't care anymore for the company. I think I think this company's done. I hate to say it. But, but I don't so think much there's history. anyone coming back. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people are saying, when are they just going to sell the library so we can watch all the old stuff on somebody else's content? True. You know, it, like, if you if you really think about this, Matt Taven did nothing for this company. What are the, I mean, you could, you could argue, I was actually going to tell you this, Alex, I think for my worst of 2019 for, you know, I mean, we're coming up on ballot season. It's already October. We're in quarter four. I think the um, post-April WrestleMania weekend world champions um, title reigns have been the one of the worst things of the entire year. Kofi Kingston had one of the worst WWE title runs ever, and it sucks to say that. How do you define match- it as worst, though, by ratings, match quality, character? All like, of the above. I, I, all the above? His, his matches were with Randy Orton were just headlocks. His match with Samoa Joe was him just getting beat up the whole time, and then he hit one move. And then he'd win. Triple in paradise. He he didn't get a pop or any heat. It was just silence. Ratings went down. So, I mean, every, everything was bad with it. Seth Rollins, same way. He wins the title. Mm-hmm. Ratings drop drastically. Matt Taven wins the title. Uh, the company has, like, I mean, there's, there's WrestleCast radio shows, Alex, that we've had that have drawn more than Ring of Honor's pay-per-view did. And that's sad because we're a really small-ass, shindy wrestling company-type podcast, live radio show, whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? Follow and we've us drawn on Twitter, better. at WrestleCast underscore <laughs> And, you know, the worst part about it is, is like we said, Taven was leaving and they didn't do Marty Skrull. I think Marty Skrull dodged a huge bullet because this doesn't go on him now as, as the rating decline. So I think he snuck out of this correct. But they put the title on Rouge to get it off of Taven. And then, the breaking news, they signed Matt, Ty- Matt Taven for a contract that reportedly is worth three times what he's making now. Why the hell are you paying this guy three times the amount of money when he dropped a 78% pay-per-view buy rate from the last pay-per-view? Because either it's- he's a company guy and they respect him for that, uh, or he has the greatest agent in the world and <laughs> Jeff they're Jarrett. trying to be... WWE, yeah, Jeff Jarrett, exactly. Uh, Jeff Hardy, geez. Um, but you know, it's just, yeah, that that that's such a weird weird thing. And I was bringing that up to you when 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 we were just talking about Matt Taven. I thought the exact same thing this year. What has been a memorable title reign, if you know, rivalry? You know, like you said, post Mania, it's been three guys 
nothing of, you know, I, I would say excitement, you know, has, has come from, from the wrestling aspects in there. NXT has been had way more exciting, you know, championship matches. Even the back and forth trading with Gargano and Cole worked famously. Uh, you know, we, we would say the AEW championship match. Would you say is better than the WWE championship matches combined? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you could even argue if it wasn't for how good Sasha and Becky was, Becky's title reign's been a failure, too. I mean, yeah, but what, do you think it's fair memorable? that they threw them with these two newbies? I mean, I don't want to say newbies, that's horrible. But Lacey Evans and Baron Corbin, obviously not a newbie. He is the king of the ring, by the way. Uh, sorry, it's been a while. Um, but, <laughs> you know, like, they they were just saying, okay, now make these guys. I think they, they, they were put in an unfortunate circumstance in that aspect. Maybe. I don't think... I mean, you know, think, think of it this way. Kento Miyahara got thrown into the situation to try to make Naoya Nomura and Jake Lee stars. It wasn't Jake Lee's fault, but Naoya Nomura became a star. Oh, you know, agreed. we watched that Yuji Okabayashi versus Takuya Nomura match that I, the one that I had you watch from July, where he looked just like a young lion. He made a uh-huh. star out of Takuya Nomura that match. You know, champions that are meant to be champions step up to the plate and make the next wave of guys. So then that way they have people to feud with for the next years. Think of, think of people just in the past who have won the title and then they threw somebody new in the picture and helped make new stars because they're that good. They're not doing this. Chris Jericho to an extent, as much as Adam page is, is a pretty decent name. He's never been a main event guy, but he came off as the main event type player because of how well Jericho did a program to get him over. Look at when you talk AEW dynamite, when we get to there, Sammy Guevara came out like a star after the match with Cody. There's guys who can do it. And at the end of the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was in that main event spot. And then there's people who just can't do it. And, and Becky and, and Rollins couldn't do it. And even Kofi, he was in there with established people, Samoa Joe, Randy Orton, and he came off flatter than shit. It just didn't work. Matt Taven had Jay Lethal, who was an established guy who's made people, and Matt Taven looked like shit. And they've, rest- and they've wrestled probably just as much as uh, yeah. Flair and Steamboat. You know, look at, you know, we, we kind of talk, I, I bring this up because we talked about this when, when um, we talked a couple of days ago, I think on Saturday when we spoke. If you look at Hiroshi Tanahashi came out of Wrestle Kingdom 6, and the goal mm-hmm. was, you need to make the next star in Kazuchika Okada when you wrestle him at New Beginning. And he did. There's certain guys that can do it. And this crop of people that got the titles come April have all failed. Failed miserably. Or, I mean, is it also another aspect, too, where people have just been waiting and watching All Elite Wrestling? People have been waiting and watching, you know, progress, you know, Game Changer. You know, when we read their numbers, you know, a few shows ago, Mm -hmm. you know, they're doing some pretty damn respectable numbers on Fight TV. You know, it seems far more than than Ring of Honor at the moment. So, I mean, do you think just because now finally are seeing other options, it seems like... Possibly after last night's show, you know, a hell in a cell, 
you know, people are seriously looking, hey, there's way much more better quality. Yes, this is the soap opera aspect of professional wrestling, sports entertainment, whatever you want to have. But now I can get my wrestling in these other formats, and especially on Wednesday night. But the crazy thing, Ryan, is the other show is under the same company that just can't deliver. It's mind-boggling. That was one of the funniest things. I saw some guy on Twitter was freaking out, and he's like, I hate WWE. This company sucks. From now on, I'm only watching NXT, AEW, New Japan. And somebody's like, yep, boycott WWE and watch NXT. That'll really get them. It's like people just mm-hmm. don't even realize that they're the same company. Like it, it, People try to try to make this big, oh, I'm going elsewhere, but then they're still in the same boat. You know, if and that's the thing, but why should it. we – why should we boycott it? You know, it's funny seeing online like, oh, AEW is better. Oh, WWE is better. Oh, you're a mark. You're a mark. You're a mark. And in reality, just watch it all and enjoy it. If it doesn't, if it gets false flat for you, don't watch and continue to enjoy what you're watching. I mean, all yep, elite, I, I would say, put on a product where you're like, oh, it's that nostalgic factor, you know, not only being back on TNT, having, you know, Pyro, seeing Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross there, um, and and just kind of the aura of the show, the way how it was even shot. You're just like, wow, I can get back into this. It's like Mondays from 1997 and 98. You're flipping back and forth. You're DVRing it now and not wondering, hey, is my porn on this VHS I'm going to record over? (laughs) Or is it like someone's wedding or bar mitzvah? So, you know, in that aspect, it's just like, hey, I can watch both comfortably and just enjoy. You know, I think everyone has to be stop being cynical, you know, including myself. I know with Hell in a Cell, I, I, I was just bored. You know, that first match, amazing between Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch, doing some incredible stuff, like you mentioned earlier when we were chatting, a la the New Day and the Usos in the Hell in a Cell match, just trying new things and, and making it work where – you start off fast and then you just crash and burn into a red light and then you're bleeding from the mouth for no reason. <laughs> Did you finish the Hell in the Cell match or are you still watching it? Yes. No, it, it's over, thank God. There, I wouldn't even call it a match. There was still a broken table, which I still don't know how that happened. Then all of a sudden he's bleeding from the mouth from the man on the claw. <laughs> Um, during the watch along, um, it's still out there. It hasn't been kicked off yet, but I'm get, I'm good. Bet it's gonna get erased soon. Um, it was I don't know two women, you know some of the backstage chicks. I don't know who they are, whatever. And then like the guy who narrates it, I think Pat McAfee, and then X Pac. Uh-huh. And when the finish happens, X Pac goes, "Oh my God, are you kidding me?" And he goes, you know what? You guys are probably never going to invite me back here, but how the hell did you just do a disqualification in a hell in a freaking cell match? <laughs> and, like, the guy who's narrating is like, we don't know if it's a DQ yet. We don't know if it's a DQ. He goes, well, what the hell is it? He goes, did he get DQ'd for being too violent? And then they, like, stopped filming. Xbox they just stopped it there? The and just kind of That's away. awesome. Yeah, Xbox just tearing into their, their product while he's on their network. Now, say he wasn't invited, he didn't do that Hell in a Cell thing. My question to you is, why is he not a trainer at the PC yet? 
I don't know. Maybe maybe he doesn't want to. Because wasn't he always can. the benchmark? They always say Sean yeah. Waltman was the guy. They you you know any new talent coming in, you they would wrestle Waltman. You know Pac one two three kid whatever, and you know if, if he says if he gives you the okay then you're good. If not, then it's just like oh, you know to the back with you. Maybe he can't bump like he used to, so he just doesn't want to do it. Yeah, but he could teach. Yeah, I agree. He's got a great mind for it. And they're keeping him around. Well, they were keeping him around until he trashed the product live <laughs> on the air. Oh, my God. What I, I, I gave – so on my ranking sheet, it says number eight, Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt. Rating, math, winner, no idea. That's – yeah, the three went black. I was confused. I was like, did my Xbox die? Did it just turn off? What's happening? So I fast forwarded <laughs> them into Bray or The Fiend. Pre order your WWE 2K20 to play as The Fiend in a Halloween graveyard match or whatever the hell. Pumpkin <laughs> pumpkin patch match they got as a DLC pre order bonus. Somebody had a really good point, and I think this resonates for for like kind of how I'm feeling about this company. I think it's just because I'm bitter and, you know, some people may not agree and some people might agree, but you're still talking ring of honor, right? <laughs> no, no, I forgot about that company already. <laughs> Look, tell me tape, I wrestling, watch, wrestling I, I want to watch Kenta versus uh, Nigel McGuinness and Samoa Joe versus Jushin Liger, Samoa Joe versus Kenta Kobashi again, since I don't have any of those DVDs. So yes, please sell. Let me be able to watch all this. Let me see Punk versus Joe an hour time limit draw. Oh yeah. Let me see the Nigel Daniel Bryan match that I saw at the Armory in St. Paul that I was ringside for. I, I just want to see all this good stuff. You know, it, this is a crazy one, but I want to see Shingo versus BJ Whitmer from 2008 again. God, that <laughs> match is so good. I have a question then. Why don't who has the rights to the footage? Why isn't it on their honor club? I think it's because the broadcasting people before I, before Sinclair or whatever, I think Sinclair is who it is now, but I think everything before like the, the Fox sports days or prime sports or whatever kind of thing it was. Um, I think that was a whole different regime who owns the rights. Interesting. So it's kind of like there's some new Japan stuff from, you know, before like 2010 or 2008 that you can't see because like Gayora oh, owns Funaki. it. And- Instead of like Samurai TV or whatever, I think that might be why. We got to free him. Um, How do we free him? Come on, AEW. Do it. Yeah, please. Just give us some of that stuff. Um, but, man, I just, I don't know. We, so so backtrack here. When, when you said the, the ROH thing, um, I forgot where the hell I was going now. I had, I had something I was going at. Wait, Tamina Snuka was the champion, and then our truth pinned her. Oh, I don't know if our truth pinned her, but she pinned I... Carmella last night, and then she punched Tyler. What Breeze the hell? The oh, there's a women's championship match. I was so confused. I'm like, how did that just end? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> it's just like. I just don't care. Oh, oh yes, yes. I remember where I was going now. Sorry, sorry. They they said, I understand they're trying to do new things. But the mm-hmm. reason 
why AEW is so successful and why people like NXT so much and why people like New Japan so much is if I want to see a horror movie character, I'll go watch a movie. I want to watch pro wrestling. I don't need to see mm-hmm. a guy who's got split personalities who's making the champion cry in the corner because he's a demon and he's a monster and he's a horror movie. And, you know, I mean, let's not forget he broke Finn Balor's neck. And we haven't seen Finn Balor since on Raw. Like, he killed a guy. He, he killed him in the ring. Um, you know, he's saying a word about that. But, like, I don't... He like, killed him it, so hard, he went back to developmental. <laughs> like, and I think that's why, With a why haircut. Lucha Underground ended up failing. Is, like, I understand where they're, what they're doing with it, and I don't Yeah, but it. some of that worked. I mean, and it's on, like, a, a Hispanic channel, so it's kind of like a play yeah. on, like, a male telenovela. Like, like, wrestling is always a soap opera. I know you were a huge thing, fan. And, yeah, the one thing I'll say about that is from the, the first minute that show started, you knew what you were getting into. Mm-hmm. WWE just doesn't commit Like, Impact tried to do that. Yeah, and it was like... Oh my God! It was some of the worst stuff when Allie like climbed into a coffin and ended up in like a dark realm with Father James Mitchell, and then she got killed by Sue Young. And like, Does like she still was, have uh, all her fingers. Maybe. It's <laughs> so bad. Oh God! But it's like if WWE just did pro wrestling, they probably could be the best at it because they they should be the best at it, you know. But they. I don't know. I just don't understand how they get away from everything they are. Like, embrace what you are. Don't be like. It's like they're ashamed of being pro wrestling, so they have to have like. That's why they call monsters. themselves sports entertainments. And that's why they've their ratings have went from five five mil to hardly two mil in, in what in ten years. People are checking out, and it's slowly showing. And you know, what Not I pull on up Fridays. I mean, they they pulled up a pretty good number, I would say, on Fox, but I think that has to do to, you know, hey, it's a new channel. It's a wider audience. So I think that's why it'll be interesting to see and track how consistent it, it is there. Do you think doing under a four is kind of just a, eh, okay, and not For a Fox oh Friday? God, that honestly, that's, that's pretty damn good because that, that usually averages maybe about a one, if not under. Um, you know, I mean, they brought back The Rock, which is such weird placement, too. Like, you had yeah. people who had never, you know, for the people who didn't can't come ever watch your show, because you know there's probably a lot of them. I mean, they went up, they doubled their rating from a two to a four from what they normally do. The first thing that they see after Becky Lynch is Baron Corbin, like, why would you bring that guy out? Like, if I would have seen that King guy... of the ring, man. Like, you gotta have him like, out there. I would have turned that shit off if I go, who is this dweeb with the crown on neck? And <laughs> I, I wonder without having the Rock advertise about bringing out the Cain Velasquez thing that got people talking. Um, you know, I, I think next week will probably still be a decent number, but I don't think it's going to be as high. I think I think Sunday just chased a lot of people off. I think they're going to be surprised how many people got chased off. And I, I mean, I hope so because look, if when WWE gets pushed and they have to change and they have to come to terms with what they are, we know they can do a good job. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's almost like I wish that would happen. So they had to do better. They had to be better. 
And I think that's and, what Monday or Wednesdays change. Mm-hmm. And it sucks when the conflicting reports of Vince, you know, he was laughing at the response of, of the finish, the booze, the AEW chance, the refund chance. He's laughing, taking it with stride. And then, you know, there's other reports, you know, saying that he was taking it seriously and he was listening. And, you know, time will tell. But I think I, I would fast forward. I did my routine of five minute skips to see if anything catches my eye. And the first thing within the first five minutes is like Lana and Bobby Lashley. Lashley in a bed. And I'm like, all right. That doesn't interest me. Like you said, pro wrestling. Like that's that's why we're here. It's it's like our childhood, but it's just no. I think I mean, Wednesdays are gonna change the landscape. I, I I think NXT UK can change it, you know, the depending on, you know, of course, New Japan, all Japan, but you know, Japanese promotions are, are just definitely killing it. I, I I would say this year. If it wasn't for all elite wrestling and holding their few events, Ryan, I don't know if American professional wrestling would even be the, the best thing in the world, you know, in the squared circle. No, and, and that's, I think that's what everyone's clamoring about for so much. And I mean, look, we, we can quickly go through Hell in a Cell here so we can get into the Wednesday talk, because I think that's going to take up the, the bulk of our time. But like, like uh, uh, Sky Dylan Zero, at Dylan Zero Sky on Twitter said, uh, that legit might have been the worst match in the history of pro wrestling, talking about the Hell in the Cell match. He said all Kenta and Sonata matches will get looked upon more favorably now after this. I knew The Fiend was super whack, and then they exceeded all of my expectations. Never let this man wrestle again. Um, Suit Williams, who we've had on, said that main event was the best advertisement AEW could have asked for. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, another thing, uh, this pay-per-view started really well too. I wasn't even going to complain, but this is like the worst main event in some time, right? Easily the worst finish to a pay-per-view I've ever seen. Then somebody posted a picture of Sean Waltman with his arms in the air, literally pissed off saying, I know you might not have me back for one of these, but how the hell did you get DQ'd in a hell in a cell? uh, (laughs) uh, At so do TW on Twitter post a picture of the black screen with the hell in the cell uh, image in the corner with subtitles on and boots. it just says, yep, you saw that one? <laughs> oh, boots. yeah. Like, people were literally mad. Randy Orton tweeted at The Rock asking for a match at WrestleMania, and and The the Rock tweeted back, like, basically saying no, but in, like, a ha-ha funny way, and the first reply was, don't worry, if you come back, you guys can have a street fight where you can just get DQ'd at the end. Like, people were clowning those two in their conversation. <laughs> the number one point trend on Twitter last night was cancel WWE Network. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's The insane. number one trend was hashtag cancel WWE Network. I, when I signed it into a new device onto the network app, uh, it said... Your, your your bill will renew on October 31st. And I was like, I don't know if it will. I honestly <laughs> thought that. I was like, <laughs> like I don't know. I, I got a few weeks, you know, to, to decide, and it, it's not looking too good. Not going to lie. Uh, Derek Fury, friend of the show, also uh, shared a wonderful tweet by uh, a famed internet site, Brazzers. Hey, WWE. Let us know if you need advice on how to create logical and coherent storylines with satisfying finishes. Hashtag H-I-A-C. 
I mean, when you're getting clowned by porn, I mean, yes, it's the biggest entity of of all mankind, if not the universe. But damn, like, and as as the Young Bucks tweeted, hey, new uh, AEW Dynamite this Wednesday. It's it's nuts. This this is going to be a very over the top. You can tell somebody like literally was writing their review and just freaked out and just typed away, but. When you take the bread and butter of this paragraph I'm going to read to you, it's, it's not wrong. And it, it, like, I read this to Jen t- this morning because I, I, I fell asleep at like 10 o'clock last night as the Dodgers came back and won and woke up at like 4 o'clock to watch it before I went to work. And like, I'm like laughing as she's getting ready for work and I'm reading her all this stuff. And she's like, well, it's not wrong from the way you guys talk about it. But listen, listen to this paragraph and tell me like this is going to be brutal obviously it's brutal because this is an instant reaction but when you break this down this is not wrong Um, it says this is WWE's finger poke of doom complete farce a parody of WWE's worst instincts legitimately one of the worst matches in the history of pro wrestling seriously just go watch AEW on TNT or Impact on Access or ROH on Sinclair or New Japan on New Japan World or your local indie or literally anything else this company hates you. This company doesn't care that it feeds you bullshit so long as you come back. Don't come back. There's way too much great wrestling in 2019 for us to still watch this. Just like you had said. Um, it's not a monopoly anymore. WWE doesn't deserve the time of day. It sucks. Everything about it sucks. The wrestling is bad. The stories are bad. The promos are bad. The aesthetics is bad. The characters are bad. The writing is bad. The booking is bad. The commentary is bad. There are no redeeming qualities anymore. It just sucks. I bid WWE pay-per-view reviews and a do. I can't do this shit anymore. And then he gave it six stars. <laughs> like, in a nutshell, wow. it's, 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 and, and, it, and it ties exactly to what Blue Meanie tweeted. He said, I've never seen an uproar, and I'm, don't quote me exactly, but it's basically was, I've never seen an uproar like this after a, after a main event with so many people never coming back until tomorrow night when they tune into Monday Night Raw live at 8, 7 Central on the USA Network. And it's the truth. He's not wrong. Everybody's going to complain about it, and most people are going to sit through all three hours of it. At least we're going to fast forward to see if there's anything we're talking about and then be done with it. Yeah. But there, there's people that will sit there and watch the entire three, three and a half hours and just complain about it and then go right back to it. And it's that's like the, the era, the Goldberg, Scott Steiner era of WWE, the, the TNN, you know, type of era. Oh, where To me, that was some of the... Three? Three, yeah. Like, that was yeah. some of the hardest times to sit and watch wrestling for me. Because TNA, I, they might have just started or, you know, doing their weekly uh, pay-per-views, which I, I didn't have. Or, you know, maybe it was like a little before. Holy crap, Bailey just tapped. Um, spoiler. Um, but, uh, <laughs> oh, well. wow, I was not expecting that. Um, but, you know, it was just so hard. Like, I was like, during the summer, I was just like, oh, I'm I'm going to not watch wrestling. I'm going to, you know, enjoy nature or go do this or go hang out with this person. And, you know, it was just, I, I probably watched maybe two total months of that whole, maybe whole year. It's hard. And the hard part is when it's all said and done is we are diehard wrestling fans who want to consume as much as we do. There's a reason we have WWE Network, New Japan World, All Japan World, Dragon Gate Network, the Stardom Network, um, Progress, 
You know, I've looked, I've tried to get a Noah subscription, but they don't have it. Like we, we wouldn't have all these facets to watch so much wrestling if mm-hmm. we didn't want it to be good. AEW now, we had Bleacher Report app. We want it to be good. And that's why I think it's so frustrating. This is like the NBA takes LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the LA Lakers and turns them into guys who run around with t-shirts on that say B team and wonder why <laughs> nobody cares. Like It's almost like they're just slapping you in the face because they know that they have well, all this they money. Are, whatever they do. They have their Saudi Arabia money. What, what is that? Or 150 million, 500 yeah. million. You get your Fox money, your billion dollars. So, I mean, they're coming in with $1.5 billion, close to that. And that's not how to USA. Yeah. That's just think, $2 billion. Let's just say $2 billion, close to that, that they already have. They already have the subscriptions. It's like the gym membership that you forget mm-hmm. forgot you have. So it's like true. that, you know, adult website that you subscribed to seven years ago. They're like, why is there twelve ninety five always coming out of my account? Oh, and then you still forget to cancel it because you forget which one it is because on your bill it's a totally different name. Why am I going on that rant? Sorry, guys. But anyways, <laughs> but but it's that exact same thing. You know, like the WWE, their fans, they're saying it's just going to roll over. Their subscriptions are just going to roll over. You know, so it's just, you know, in, until people like myself have the balls to cancel it. And that's the thing. We have the excuse. Maybe it'll get better. I want to mm-hmm. watch it when it gets better. Or, hey, I don't want to cancel the network because I want to watch CM Punk, John Cena, 2011, Money in the Bank. Or, hey, I want to watch WrestleMania, you know, 8, you know, Ric Flair and, and Macho Man. So, I mean, those different aspects is why we keep them. Hell, the network is good because I like their behind-the-scenes stuff, their chronicles. All of that, it's intriguing. As much powdered up as I'm sure it is, some of it, you know, you can sense the reality of it. And that I do enjoy, I will say. The table of for threes, the photo shoots, it's interesting stuff on there. So that's my whole, you know, love a hate thing. And then of course NXT and NXT UK. And and to be fair too, like obviously this is a cop out, but look, we get we get listens when we review WWE. If it's in the tag, people click on it. It just it is what it is. And you know, that's the point of doing this is you want people to listen. So obviously that's one reason we, you know, we do it, but you know, like I mentioned with all those different subscriptions, you know, eight, nine companies or whatever, DDT, I forgot about DDT world. We have that with Tokyo Joshi Pro and Basara and all that. Like we literally took a five week sabbatical, which is something that I think if you really look at, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, that's not something we would have ever done. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. We're so we're gonna watch it every every week so we can always talk about it, know what's going on at least in the storylines, and then we'll complain about it because they know they should be so much better than they are, but they just don't make themselves better because they don't care. We literally after made a WrestleMania went, holy crap, that was WrestleMania and it was trash. This was Denver Atlanta from the '99 Super Bowl trash, like where the Super Bowl <laughs> sucked and we don't remember it. Like that, the wrestling Super Bowl sucked, and we just went, well, what else didn't we watch from WrestleMania weekend? You know, is there another game changer show? You know, can, can I see uh, the the pancakes and pile drivers? Because it's probably better than this. Like we literally <laughs> left until Money in the Bank. Like we, 
I know people are going to say, well, you only, you, you guys stopped for five weeks and went back. Yeah. But that's a stand, whether, you, whether people agree with it or not, we went five weeks without watching the product. That's still two people that lowered their rating, whether it meant mm-hmm. a lot or not. That's what people need to do because we all want it to be better. When you look at that roster, they, they have a roster that will compete with anybody. They just don't know mm-hmm. what the hell they're doing. And that's why it's so frustrating. And I think the AEW might help it, or it's going to be exactly what I said it's going to be, um, which kind of, I mean, you know, like I, like I said in our text group, I'm going to eat a lot of crow when we talk NXT AEW, but I'm also going to take my victory lap on something too. So I'll run through this real quick, I, you know, and if, you know, obviously whatever you watch, if you want to chime in, otherwise I really don't care how much we talk about it. Um, obviously was great. I just want to talk to yeah. The opener? Yeah. Becky yeah. Lynch defeats Sasha Banks. I went four and a half. Um, they, as Alex mentioned, we were talking about it. This was like New Day Usos with the creativity. Becky Lynch put kennel sticks in a corner to mount a chair on it, put her on the chair, ran across the apron with a drop kick. She hit a media, Sasha had a meteor off the apron through a ladder. Like this match was brutal. And this is two legit people who can work. And, mm-hmm. Becky's down downtrod, I think, to her title reign. Um, this is the last thing I got on it was the fact that as good as she is at getting herself over with the crowd, she needs a dance partner to have a good match. She doesn't elevate talent. I don't feel she's good at I, I think she can have a great match, but I don't think she can make people better. It's it's literally going back to all Japan, it's Jake Lee. When Jake Lee works no more and Miyahara, and Zeus, and Suwama, and Ishikawa, he can have a four-plus-star match. But when he's in there with, you know, uh, a guy like the bodyguard, who is not a great worker, or he's in there with, you know, Joe Doring, who's past his prime. I love Joe Doring. Don't don't get me wrong. That's, that, you know, a friend of the show. Um, you know, Dylan James, Ryoji Sai, guys like mm-hmm. that who are good, but just not on that next level. He doesn't make them better, and he doesn't he doesn't get himself to that next level. And that's why we've always shit on Jake Lee, even though I was trying to stand up for him. Becky Lynch doesn't make the people better. She's as good as her dance partner. But yeah, Sasha but Bates, she tries. No, no, I, I would say, we, I mean, with, with the whole Lacey Evans feud, she freaking tried her ass off to try to get her over. She sold when she shouldn't have sold as hard as she did. She, you know, placated to the crowd a lot more to get them more invested into that match. And she did try to lead it. Lacey Evans, as it progressed, as we talked about, you know, she, she did get, you know, a tad bit better, you know, with, mm-hmm. with the Baron Corbin aspect, you know, like, oh, where was this over the last couple of months? Yeah. She was very green and she was learning on the fly. Let's be real. She was in NXT for what, maybe a month. And then she was on the yeah, main. Like so, I mean, it's in, in that fairness, you know, I, where we're talking about Kofi and Seth Rollins, they had incredible dance partners where, you know, but even though Rollins had, to, you know, with Baron Corbin, Anyways, Lacey Evans, you know, was the aspect where, you know, Becky was given the task to get her over. That was a hard feat coming off of a historic main eventing of WrestleMania and the triple threat with with Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. So, you know, with that, I would would disagree 30% with that. I, I would say she tries. With Sasha... 
we we never really got a lot of these two head to head. So whenever these two do, since it's so far spread apart, I think they just have a good chemistry because they can bounce off each other very well. Sasha Banks isn't going 100 miles an hour. She's taking her time. Maybe her time in Japan that she had, she learned good pacing because that's what this match definitely had. They told a credible-ass story. The only thing I'm upset with is the finish. And real quick before you go go into the match, because I want to hear your thoughts on the match. Um, I I think you're 100% fair with, with all your points on it. So let me let me say it in a slight different way then. Is I think she she did everything. You're 100 percent right to get her over. I just don't think in ring wise she has the wrestling like her wrestling ability isn't tuned in my opinion to making her opponent better. It's to having mm-hmm. an equally good match with the person. And she called everything. She sold her ass off. She worked the crowd. She did everything she could in the angles, but that also attests to maybe she's not calling the best match in there because she doesn't think of it as quick on the fly. If mm-hmm. you look at her stuff with Rhonda, it was decent, but her best stuff was always with Charlotte because Charlotte was better than those two. And Sasha's better than those. And I think that's why it helps so good. But that's also a testament to Becky too, because she can rise to the level of her opponent. But I think that I think as much as that is, is a positive, I think it is the detriment that, that she, I just always see her playing at the level of her opponent. I don't see her going above her opponent most of the time. It's always, if my opponent's going to be a nine, then I can be a nine also. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, tying it so back you're saying to she's the Steve, She truly is the Steve Austin. Where Steve Austin, who did he really elevate? All his great matches were already with established people. Your Bret Hart's. Your Undertakers, your Rocks. I guess you could say in a way yeah. he kind of elevated Rock with the Intercontinental Championship feud into the That's heavyweight the feud. True, true. So I Damn, mean, with, you're those, with, with that, I mean, Austin really never elevated anyone. He did big money with feuds that you know it was already with someone credible at that time. Yeah, Shawn Dude, Michaels, that, of course. That might be one of the most unpopular but best takes you've had. Because it's so, like, the more I think about it, dude, oh, man, that, that, uh, because, because, like, like, even look at his, at his WCW stuff, his best mm-hmm. stuff was when he was in there with Brian Pillman, Ricky yes. Steamboat, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, guys who could, like, Bobby Eaton is a guy who never <laughs> got credit, but I will fight Bobby for Bobby Eaton's mullet. He was so good, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, but... Damn, that's a good that's a good ass comparison. Because Becky Lynch, she figured out a character, she knows how to get over with it, but mm-hmm. it's it's never done. Like when you talk, when you mentioned the Austin thing, she got steampunk over Ryan for years. <laughs> steampunk, which is the stupidest. Well, it's not stupid, but it's the weirdest niche subgroup to come out of the aughts in in quite some time. And and she got that shit over. Like mm-hmm. it, it was insane, and and for her to you know have this new persona, this badass persona, which you know she took some liberties from one you know again Stone Cold Steve Austin, but again she just made it work. She she figured out this is what the fans want. They want that CM Punkness. They want that pipe bomb, that rebel 
and 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 she's the female version of all those things, and and she just made it click because she's always had a great following. Everyone said she's the, probably you know behind Sasha the best wrestler out of the, you know the four horsewomen. Yeah, and it was just like her character was just like Bleh. it's like the Seth Rollins, Bleh. you know, it's just like what else is there? You know, it's the same ish, you know, different day. But with the man character, she can switch up styles. She she does this. But honestly, it's just her charisma. I've mm-hmm. popped so many times during this match for both these women. Yes, Callie was watching and she was like, yeah, that was good. You know, she she, she noticed some interesting things. But she was overwhelmed. I would say, you know, she, she enjoyed herself. She is a Sasha Banks fan, you know, for, for the last couple of years. But, you know, she, she was like, yeah, that was a good match. You know, she, it, she, she agreed it told the story. It's, it's like, you know, sometimes it's, you know, a wrestler's in a rut or a wrestler's just not living up to their potential. So you put them in a ring with somebody to see if you can bring it back out of them. And I don't see Becky as that person. And I'll, I'll attest it to yeah. something we talked about. Um month and a half ago, five weeks ago, look at look at what happened when they just let Io Shirai have a match with Candice LeRae, what we got out of Candice LeRae that we haven't seen since she joined the company. Because Io Shirai was, is that good where she brings you to that level with her and makes and make you go, oh my God, I didn't realize she was that good. <laughs> and I use that as somebody who's in the same company where Io Shirai I think she has charisma for days I, with this heel gimmick. She's not going to oh, cut the promo, right. but her music you know, has charisma. Oh my god! There, there was a, on the last Botch of Mania. The uh, did you did you have you seen the last Botch of Mania where they play her music and it's the um, like the bullies from the Simpsons are in the back <laughs> of a van and they're drinking and and it shows like the lights flash and they're like slowly headbanging and it's just uh, Io Shirai standing there <laughs> as they're all in the van drinking. <laughs> no, I gotta watch that though. Holy man, that's awesome! But that's the only thing. And, and and once again, I don't want it to sound like I'm bashing Becky Lynch because I think she's very good. I just she doesn't have these quality matches unless she has the dance partner. And and for a lot of people, that's not a bad thing. You know, if you mm-hmm. can wrestle up to your competition and you're in a main event scene where you get to work that kind of a competition, it will continue to make you fantastic. You know. Everybody, you, you bring up Austin. Everybody talks about the kitchen or the the grocery store thing with Steve Austin. If he didn't have Booker T, that would have never got over that well. You know what I mean? Booker T made that with his ah, selling and just crying and getting <laughs> mad about things. And you know, not to not to harp on the Austin thing, and I'll move true, on after true. this. But but like, I think you hit the nail on the head, and and you know, I think people, you know, if you at us, if you think we're wrong, but I'm on Alex's team. I'm on Team Mellow right here. Look at when they put Austin in there at Mania 18 with with Scott Hall. It sucked because mm-hmm. Hall wasn't the level he used to be, and Austin couldn't bring him to that next level. But that's Whereas why he was Rock- angry that with being mm-hmm. placed in that match. And you know, I, I the the one thing you know obviously says he regrets now. Just imagine one guy he could have put over onto the moon, but that you know went to the Rock instead was Brock Lesnar. He took his ball and went home when they said, hey, you're losing a Lesnar tonight on Raw. 
yeah, he had some interesting points of like, why are we giving away for free? And why are we, you know, and, and, and some other aspects, but you know, it's just like, you know, he, he took that when at home, the rock got him over and that crowd oh, yeah. in New Jersey, let's be real. Even that was pre-internet internet where, you know, the fans knew that the rock was gone. So they were just chanting the shit for, you know, for, for Lesnar there. So, um, but, but I would say the rock had a way more importance uh, to, to Lesnar and Jeff Hardy um, than, uh, <laughs> than, than Steve Austin would have done. So look at, look at this for business wise. If you take that exact same time period, because Austin ties into it, Hulk Hogan wrestled in three marquee matches, three straight months. His match with Undertaker sucked in May or whatever mm-hmm. it was. His match with Triple H when he won the title of Backlash was eh. But his match with Rock, everyone remembers, is one of the greatest mm-hmm. WrestleMania matches because The Rock did it. You said the same thing. Look what he did with, with Brock Lesnar. Look what The Rock did with the Hurricane. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. There's, that's why I will always, to this day, say I think Rock was better than Austin because he knew how to get people over because he was good enough where he could tone things down or move things advanced to to adapt to make the next guy get to that level with him. I mean, you got to credit, you know, growing up in a wrestling family, don't you? I, I think so, but oh, look at John Cena. People shit on John Cena. That dude, that dude made a lot of stars. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't a good wrestler, but he understood how to how to tell the story to make them better. He was a guy who I think actually benefited from WWE style because he was able to adapt to it. And he became, I mean, CM Punk, um, when he, he, he talked about how he called a match with Cena and he started calling things and Cena's like, or and Punk was like, wait, you're calling this? I thought the heel call it. And Cena goes, oh, well go ahead. And Cena said he just loved sitting there not having to call it because he usually he had to get the guys over. Because Punk was saying that's why him and he loved working Cena. Because Cena just let him do what he wanted because they, they were so good together. Yes. But yep. that just showed that Cena was that good. You know, when you brought these guys up, you bring up Kevin Owens. And you put him with Cena, and look what it did to Owens. You put AJ with Cena, look what it did to AJ. He took all yep. these outside talent guys, agreed to work them, and made stars. CM Punk, Money in the Bank match is one of the most talked about things in the company's history. If you didn't have John Cena, that match doesn't happen. No. You know, Steve Austin never had that much of. Well, I can't believe I'm I'm putting The Rock and John Cena over Steve Austin in the conversation right now at 11:30 at night. Like that's how crazy this this you know talking wrestling gets. But it it was, dude. You you had one of the that's one of the best comparisons I think I think there is because that's what Becky well, is. Well, she's even crazier. Oh. Totally. I mean, the distortment that we have thinking back of that era, when, when as adults, I would say the, the things I'm pissed about the most of watching wrestling during the Attitude Era was not watching enough ECW. Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, for, for the aspect of we watched Nitro and Raw, but let's be real. We remember the moments, the, the, the interviews, the vignettes. Remember a lot of that, you know, yes, you could probably compile a pretty damn good top 20 match, but I mean, even then it, it could be a stretch. I mean, a lot of that stuff was eh, 
you look at ECW, I'm not saying it was the greatest wrestling, but it was just, you remember more of the moments during that era. Mm-hmm. More so than, than, you know, now you get more of the quality of wrestling. Yes, the wrestlers are different. Athleticism is more encouraged. So I, I, I get that aspect there. Uh, you know, the wrestlers now are just better all around, which is an awesome thing. But, I mean, I, it's hard to go back and watch, you know, a pay-per-view from, like, 1999 without saying, oh, I only really want to watch two matches. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you bring up the ECW thing. This will, this is this is the last comparison I got. But, like, we opened a can of worms, and I think it's been great radio. Rob Van Dam is the epitome mm-hmm. of a guy who can get – if I were to tell you that in 1997, I think it was, or 98 – Balls Mahoney had a five-star wrestling match. He'd laugh at me. But then when you go and watch his TV title main event with a Rob Van Dam, yeah. like, oh, my God. I didn't know Balls Mahoney could do that. The guy who was Santa Claus on Raw, I did not know could do that. <laughs> but that's how good Rob Van Dam was. Mm-hmm. That guy took everybody. It's, it's you know, even talking modern day. He's getting Ethan Connor. Page over an impact Yeah, over the last couple be- of months. And he barely could move anymore with the way he used to, yeah. but he still like some guy. Some people just have that in wrestling, and when you're able to have the charisma to back it up, you're going to get pushed to the moon. And some people, in especially with the WWE sake, if you have that charisma, you're still going to get pushed to the moon. But purists like us, just maybe not, will think you had the best match, you know. And it is what it is, and you know, tying it back into that hell in the cell. Becky had the best dance partner because Sasha Banks, every time she goes in there, we say it, you know, more times than not, she's a good sloppy where it looks like she's trying to kill herself and her opponent. And even if it looks bad, it looks awesome because she's just going ham. And, you know, maybe, maybe Michael Sonomora did slow her down, like you said, because the pacing was great. This match rocked. Mm -hmm. And this was the best part about this show. And I was strapped in. And then the next seven Mm -hmm. matches, dear God almighty. I would say the the six matches. I I I, ha, I have loved the uh, the tag match that followed this, but I would say this incredible match. This is definitely one of the the better WWE main roster matches all year. I would mm-hmm. say who it was between these two. Hell, I even loved Sasha and Ronda at the Rumble uh, earlier this year. My thing though is, what the hell do you do with the Sasha Banks character now? She comes back after her own sabbatical. She's you know kicking ass. She's dying her hair blue, which by the way, you know, uh, felt so bad pulling on her, you know, her her hair throughout the whole match. It just kept getting in the way, um, as, as Kelly pointed out uh, as well. She gave her props for dealing with that with the majority of the match there. But, I mean, you have Sasha Banks, who I think this was the right time to give her the championship. A, it's in the grudge match to start with your first match. But the crappy thing is, is, you know, why they didn't give her the title. It's because they have it on a marketing blitz. She's on the cover of the video game. She's the face on, you know, SmackDown on Friday nights now. She's the face of Raw. By the way, the, she's the face of SmackDown on Fridays as the Raw champion. <laughs> she opened SmackDown. I'm like, I was watching it with Chad. I go, I started laughing. She goes, what are you laughing about already? I said, the Raw Women's Champions opening SmackDown yeah. on Fox. And she goes, she's why on commercials. I said, she's on so cereal boxes. 
I mean, like, so it's it's crappy that again, and Becky, you know, kudos. I I just think she should have lost this title here. But I understand, even though I think it's a shitty reason why, um, you know, that that she's still the champ. But these two women put on a hell of a brawl, beating the hell out of each other with chairs. Uh, you know, the exploder spot from the uh, the top rope onto the chairs. The Sasha yeah. was amazing. The bank statement with the kendo stick across Becky's neck was awesome. I mean, there's just so many great spots. Meteor one table. match. Meteora after Meteora after Meteora. Oh, yeah, the one match. The it was great. Too? Do you She's, think yes. that we saw Sasha and Bailey lose because they'll go and fight the Kabuki Warriors now? Ooh, I'm fine with that, but I think it's leading to WrestleMania for the uh, the the four horsewomen main event. Yeah, I think <clears> that makes the most sense. Um, so, but but other than that awesome match, I thought it was great. Uh, Becky Lynch again gets the win uh, as uh, Sasha had the tap. Uh, Roman Reigns via a spear on Luke Harper as Reigns and Daniel Bryan defeat the Bludgeon Brothers. I went two and a half was what it was. Whoa! Nothing crazy. This match made Eric Rowan look dominant. And I never thought that I would say that. He's either found to himself or him and Luke Harper just have degaff attitudes, which I don't blame them. But I thought they were awesome working the the, the team of Reigns and Daniel Bryan here. Um, to be honest, Ryan, if the WWE had a World Tag League, I would want to see Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan participate in that World Tag League. I think this is a team that could be fun. If they're not going to be in any world titles, secondary title pictures, have them be a team. Have them go, you know, against, you know, any of the tag teams, whether, you know, whatever happens onto the draft. I thought this was a fun marquee match. It was like Hogan and Savage teaming up back in the day, you know, going against, you know, the boss man and the Mountie, because why not? Um, you know, in international law enforcement. But, you know, they, <laughs> This was a, a, a fun match for me, and, and it's crazy to say that, but I thought that finisher uh, with uh, the Superman punch, then, you know, Daniel Bryan hitting the uh, the running knees, then, of course, uh, Luke Harper, all credit to him for making it look awesome, by the way, uh, you know, Reigns bouncing off the ropes and then him taking that spear for uh, Reigns and uh, Bryan to take the win. I thought this was a fun match. I thought they utilized the the tornado tag rules uh you know to a degree where it didn't get you know oversaturated with weapons especially with the show opening with a lot of weapons in that uh <laughs> cell match so you know I, I i really enjoyed it this is a match i'd probably would say again was one of the better pay-per-view matches that i've seen from this company um of, of 2019 and it had a Roman Reigns in it. I, I think everybody just didn't have a lot of pressure on them. They just said, hey, let's just go out there. Let's tell a story. And I thought they did that. I think I like the Rowan-Undertaker tag match better. Um, I, I, I think, like I said, I went two and a half. I thought the work was fine in the match. I thought the finish was really fun. You're wrong with the way that they finished off Harper. I thought that was good. But, like, I'm watching it going, all right, here comes the table spot. And then I did the table spot. And then I guess, I guess that was on the other side of the fence where they made it a tornado tag, 
but three fourths of the match was spent with instead of just beating up the one guy for the hot tag, they beat up the one guy while the other guy just laid on the floor. And then yeah, I was fi- about to say the, <laughs> the guy got just laid up, on the floor. And then just basically made a hot tag, and then they worked tag. him over. Well, then the other guy laid on the floor. So it was, yes, it was a tornado tag, but it just felt like a normal tag without the tagging in it. So I was kind of <laughs> like, come on, guys. Like, you, you advertised you wanted to make this a big tornado tag, and then you start hot, and you finish hot. But WWE just cannot figure out how to have a tag match that's not just your typical heels beat up the baby face until the, the baby makes the hot tag. Like, it was just... It, mm-hmm. I, that was my only knock on it. Otherwise, I didn't think it was bad. Like, I thought the work was fine. Um, I really want to see more Daniel Bryan, Luke Harper, like we always talk about. Yeah. I thought I thought Roman looked really good, and I like the fact that they're keeping a Roman in these tags to kind of keep him cooled off a little bit, which is good because, mm-hmm. you know, you're not shoving him down our throat. And I think if you would have slow built him from day one, people would have accepted him more than when you, you know, when you had to take him off TV and bring him back. Until they got seen <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, so it was like, I like this way that they're going it. So I think if they would have worked the actual tag rules or the tag, tornado tag style more and not mm-hmm. just made it a normal tag, but without the hot tag and the floor laying, I would have liked it more. You're also nitpicking from a uh, a company who had a DQ finish and their main <laughs> event in a hell in a cell match, Ryan. That's yeah. a match. I- Wait, let me say this. Let me say this. In the last 10 months, this we've is a had... freaking five-star classic comparable to that garbage <laughs> in the main event. We had, I think in the last, I, I, no, maybe it wasn't last TLC. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But no, it was last TLC. We've had a TLC match and a Hell in a Cell match and in a pin and a DQ in the same 12, in the same 10 months. <laughs> think about that. <laughs> Because oh Ron my god, and Baron Corbin in That's a right. DLC match. So I mean, this has been a thing where this, uh, whatever, dude. Yeah, right? I had to rewind my my TV when I, when I thought the announcer said Braun Strowman weighing at three hundred and ninety eight pounds. I was like, that guy's lying. <laughs> it's legit. That guy's near four hundred pounds. I mean, granted, he's like six nine, but damn. He, I'm just saying, he's, he's in incredible shape, Braun Strowman. Um, Randy Orton Getting Ali. that million-dollar downside, by the way. <laughs> That's pretty nice. Jeez, I want a million-dollar downside to work in that company. Except that, none of that. Did, did you see that Fox like pre-show where it was like Braun Strowman and the NFL robot? You remember we, we had like tons of those? Like our warehouse at Toys R Us was just filled with the NFL on Fox robots. Yeah. Remember that ish? <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, they were like flexing or doing bicep curls. And he was like, get these robot hands. I almost bashed my beautiful $1,000 TV. <laughs> I was that upset. Where we thought the get these hands gimmick was, you know, that kind of made him go south. No, that. That's that's the finger poke of doom for Braun Strowman. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Randy Orton defeats Ali. I gave it a gracious two stars. That happened? Out, yeah, I was bored out of my... Look, Ali... Um, Ali gets thrown on the on the table and has this giant welt on his ribs because you know this, you know people don't get hurt in wrestling anymore, especially in WWE as they say. Um, and and uh, 
this it was just this was crap. We have fifteen minutes to fill. Well, Randy, you can go out there and do two moves. Just have a special. And look, Ali did an awesome counter. He RKO'd him, but he did like a handstand off the RKO, which I was like, whoa, oh, to kind of like block that. off or push yeah, off of, which was nice. which was awesome. But otherwise, holy crap! Like. I mean, I'm like Grapple had one star. Some people were giving this half star. Um, there's, there's uh, one person. How that, can these two ha- give a get a half a star? How when you have a backstory? This is a guy who cost Ali, Randy Orton cost Ali his, you know, WrestleMania moment. He was the guy who was supposed to be Kofi Kingston of 2019. There's so much they could have done with this match, and instead of just throwing it out there. Oh, getting a half a star. That's horrible. Horrible. It, it, no wonder why Orton wants to go. So, somebody said, uh, uh, wow, Randy Orton comes flying out of the gates working a fast-paced wrist lock. Oh, he proceeds to methodically <laughs> work into a 10-minute extended chin lock. Yay. This absolutely sucked. Sleepwalking Randy Orton at his very worst. <laughs> and, and somebody goes, wow, uh, Cody and Sammy Guevara did this match way better on Wednesday. And I went, <laughs> yep, you're right. You're 100% right. Because that's what this should This was literally like they were just hanging out in the back and somebody went, hey, we got to fill a spot. You guys want to just go out there for 10 minutes? And he just beat up Ali for 10 minutes and he got like two spots off and then he pinned him. And then after it was over, he like nodded like, yeah, good job, kid. And then he left the ring. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Thank you. I'm glad that was on there. <laughs> Somebody said, God, Ali deserves better. <laughs> Wait, I thought he was a vigilante trying to save that crackhead and that one girl. <laughs> what happened to that gimmick? Oh, God, I don't know. It went out the door. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross lose the tag titles of the Kabuki Warriors. Um, Wait, what? Yeah, Kabuki Warriors are your new women's tag team champions. Tight. Why aren't you excited? Oh, they're suddenly heels now. Um, Green Mist. Yep, there was mist in it, which was cool. I went three stars because of the mist and the kick, not because of... This match was like 15 minutes, and it was just like Asuka and Kyrie Sane just like kind of kicking Alexa Bliss in the head and pushing her around the ring. That's pretty cool, uh, though. But yeah, Oscar used a ton of Kawada kicks, which was sweet on Nikki Cross. Um, but this was basically the the two uh, Joshi's just beating these other two women up, and every time the other two would like start getting a little bit of mo- momentum, they would just start beating them back up, which was why I, I enjoyed it. But it, it was nice. It it was a it was a it was a Monday Night Raw. We have a commercial break type match. What? I'll tell you what. Really. Yeah, it wasn't anything special, but we hey, we got like I said, the booking was great. We we got new champions. Oscar and Kyrie Sane showed some personality. They they were douchebags, and I'll take it. I would I, like I, like I said, I threw the three on that bitch for the nice and the Kawhi so kicks. Why all of a sudden do we have the three most prominent women Joshi wrestlers all of a sudden all heelish? but acting to the way that we all know them back in Japan. So who's like letting it slide under Vince's nose and saying, Hey girls, be yourselves. Just go out there and kick some ass. Like 
do you think they will change kind of I don't I I doubt it. Never mind. They're not gonna change the, the women's landscape. People aren't gonna be like, Ooh, this is interesting. Let me watch the Kabuki Warriors. <laughs> the, um somebody said uh this was a wrestling match. The right team won and a pivot to the Kabuki Warriors, Sasha and Bailey would be smart, which is what we just talked about. Asuka and Sane both have great themes. Their mashup, however, sucks. Asuka won with the green mist. I think in theory cheated cheating. But the crowd still cheered, so who knows? This company really cannot manipulate their audience anymore. Most of their heel turns are met with raucous cheers. This felt like a house show match. <laughs> wow. It's, it's, it's funny because they legit were acting like complete heels. And the crowd's like, hell yeah, let's go. Beat them. Yeah, let's go. That's like, crazy. Nikki Cross is getting beat up, and Alexa Bliss is trying to go for the hot tag, and the crowd's like, yeah, kill her. Like, nobody cares. <laughs> so people are wanting this then so that that's awesome let keep keep letting it go wwe now this next match seems like a a freaking house show match what 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 is this i thought the viking raiders were were heels why are they teaming with braun Strowman? well because obviously cedric alexander is being buried so he didn't get put in the spot where he probably should have been four minutes why does vince Um, mcmahon think he could only be a janitor by the way is he that racist I think it's because Paul Heyman's got a hard on for him, so Vince doesn't want to push him. Ugh. I really think I really think that's why, because it's not a guy that he's going to make a star. You know what I mean? Is he the next CM Punk? Like, like he could talk years? on the mic. He's it sucks because he's really good. Like when I when I went to Chicago and saw Death Before Dishonor, ironically, in like 2015 or whatever, and it was AJ defending the. Uh, it was AJ as IWGP champion uh, wrestled Cedric mm-hmm. Alexander and it rocked. And then I watched these guys on, on a pay-per-view last month and I go, this is not the same two guys I watched in Ring of Honor because this is trash. <laughs> like, there's no way after four years of having more wrestling opportunities and essentially in a spot to get better that you had mm-hmm. this bad of a match. Like, I don't know. I, I, Part of the reason I've had this review page up is because I thought that you would love the review to the Viking Raiders and Braun Strowman defeating the OC by DQ. Uh, one person said, I feel like this show is now cautiously, uh, uh, consciously wasting my time. Dud. The other person gave it a dud rating too, but let me, let me read you their review. Uh, this is the kind of match that Coach and Al Snow would call on Sunday Night Heat and not even a good episode of Heat. My mom's currently watching Goto versus Shingo while I'm watching this garbage. What am I doing? <laughs> That's so great. Like, I watched a lot of Sunday Night Heat back in the day. I, thought this, I was like, oh, man, that is too funny. <laughs> and, and literally the whole match, I think, was put over so AJ could do the springboard and then have Braun Strowman give him the right hand to take a shot at Tyson Fury. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but it's okay, don't worry, it's gonna get better. Uh Shorty Gable, as he's been announced, uh defeats King Corbin. So is he King of the Ring? No, he's just pinned Baron Corbin. And not only did he pin him, but then the announcer, here's your winner, Shorty Gable, and Martin Michael Cole, he should be fired. His name is Chad Gable. I can't believe he didn't get his name right. And they're arguing over him being called Shorty Gable. What? All right, next. <laughs> uh, 
Somebody said, I hate this. I've been tricked into watching an episode of Raw, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Holy ish. That's funny. (laughs) I look forward to Gable getting a bagel boss guy gimmick in three years when Vince finally hears about this. Where do you think oh Shorty God. Gable uh, lands uh, with the draft uh, starting this Friday uh, and Who ending knows? next they Monday? They just bury him later in the show. It, Man, they just made him get a haircut for nothing. This, so in this review, there's a promo review, which is the funniest thing I've ever seen in a review before. Now, before we get to that, uh, we then see Charlotte defeat Bailey for her 10th championship I went two and a quarter. It wasn't like awful, but I just don't care anymore. So it just, it's what it was, whatever. I don't know if you watched it or what you thought about it, but it was just like, okay, I've seen this and I, it's, it's like Tanahashi's ex saber. I just don't care. It's just next. Um, hmm. So that was that. Um, then we get Chad Gable in the backstage talking about, uh, doesn't matter if I got a banana peel slip type victory. You know, he wasn't big enough to be able to beat me. And he made all these puns about uh, Baron Corbin was on the short end of the stick and, you know, blah, 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 all that kind of crap. Then he goes <laughs> around the corner and he gets beat up by Baron Corbin and thrown through the exit door. <laughs> now, now on the review I'm reading, the two reviewers are starting to talk to each other on this review page. Uh, the one gentleman says, of course, Gable couldn't even go the night with his slip on a banana peel win. He couldn't even finish WWE Hell in a Cell with his bullshit, no credibility fluke victory. Corbin had to jump him backstage, so you knew for sure he still sucked. F this company. Then it says Vince McMahon screaming, call him slightly taller Peter Dinklage. Ha, 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 ha. The next person says, Garrett, we're almost done. We're almost there. Then with, with the reply of burn it down as we lead into the theme, Bray Wyatt defeating Seth Rollins via DQ. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it's so true. You you give Chad Gable this nice win over Baron Corbin, which, by the way, I gave that match an N.A. because I just didn't care because I knew it was too good to be true. And then I was right 20 minutes later when he just gets beat up. It was the point of it. Why do you give him a victory and then just have him get his ass kicked? You just make him look like a dork. It's stupid. Do you like, think Vince will turn him? Have, do you like, think Vince will oh. turn him into his mighty mouse uh, since Pac oh, declined? God. Why not? <laughs> why not? Right? I mean, at this point, who knows? Like, why can't this company have somebody just get over and then move on? That's the thing is is, is I I believe Gable could actually do that. Agreed. I mean he, he's got that. charisma, impeccable wrestling talent. I mean wasn't he the Olympian? I mean yeah. as as well. So, I mean Started the guy the has it. He's got a fantastic look, shorty or not. I mean this is a guy that's a Kurt Angle 2.0, you know, and and they just do nothing. It's it's baffling. What, what do we but, got next? What do we got next? Jesus. Uh, the scene, Bray Wyatt in in the uh, Dune Battle for Arrakis, uh, Red Zone Thunder, Hell in a Cell, hmm. uh, defeats Seth Rollins via DQ. Uh, the Fiend takes 44 stomps um, and continues to get up. And look, I'm going to say this, Alex, for as 
unrealistic and as much as as cringy as it was when he's just running back and forth spamming the foot stop like he's playing WCW NWO Revenge using Kevin Nash's <laughs> which when you clothesline him they would bump on their back of their head um the crowd was so hot for the fiend mm-hmm. and like this match kind of made me just kind of go oh I really didn't want them to do this with the fiend, but they put them in themselves in such a weird corner that you had to book them that way, I guess anyway. But like mm-hmm. the fact that he would kick out at one and not go down and then he doesn't win. Like I, this is as big of a layup as just doing Ronda versus Becky one-on-one and they change it. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it. Look for as much as people criticized Friday, Brock Lesnar beating Kofi in five seconds did not bother me whatsoever. Brock Lesnar came in there and smoked Kofi Kingston because the point of that was not about Kofi Kingston. The point was to make Lesnar look dominant. So when he was scared of Cain Velasquez, it made Velasquez look like a badass mother effort because Mm -hmm. if Lesnar would have a 25 minute match and then got taken down, he wouldn't have looked that big and bad, but they booked that shit, right? They booked it correctly. Nothing against Kofi, man. You, you did your job. You did your run. And that's the whole point is to get the next guy over. And they made Cain Velasquez look like a big deal. This match was just ass juice. This was trash. <laughs> you, you, you basically killed Bray Wyatt. Like, he yeah. killed him. And then he didn't even beat him. And then they just have Bray Wyatt put him back, and then he still beats him back up and then leaves him. And then he beats him. So Makes him point? bleed through his mouth, which you would think would be a total knockout, technically, which would be a win. But, oh, my God. Oh, they already called just, the match, though. Match is already over. Sorry, the referee needed to raise that gate up. You know, Undertaker almost killed Mankind, and they didn't DQ him for it. <laughs> Twice! He almost killed him. Twice, yes! Off of the like, cell and through the cell. But but Seth Rollins uses everything inside of the cell to try to defeat the feed, and, he gets, and they stop the match. And then they still have Seth Rollins look like a geek because he gets his ass kicked after the match. So he doesn't. Once again, once again, it's just like Chad Gable. He beats Baron Corbin and gets the shit kicked out of him. Seth oh Rollins finally gets the one up on the feed, and then he just doesn't ask it anyway. It doesn't matter. And I know exactly what happened. Is they got to the building, and went, "All right, guys, we've backed ourselves into a corner here again. How do we get out of it? Because this company just all they do is back themselves in the corner. And what you mean, like having four team. advertised matches? Going into Sunday, where they they did nothing to promote it within the last two weeks, it seems like. If you didn't want either of these guys to lose, keep Braun Strowman in the program and have Braun take the fall so the Fiend doesn't get pinned. It's not hard. It's freaking pro wrestling. But they put themselves in a situation where they don't want either guy to lose, and then they have to give us these shit bookings. And this one, like... I know we say this a lot, but man, this one I think is going to be a big dagger. Like I'm really interested to see what happens with raw rating tomorrow because this was just like, I've never seen backlash like this on Twitter. Like I've never seen a canceled WWE network, the number one trending thing in the world. Like that's a big deal. And I I don't think it's going to change anything, but at some point, when is somebody going to wake up and realize that this is just so bad? It's laughable. 
oh, I just, I don't, I don't understand how they constantly just. I mean, where's the tennis guy? He can, he can. No! He, no! The tennis guy knows what's going on, man. Oh, it's bad. And this, this just didn't help whatsoever. And the crowd, but I mean, you know, like, like I said, Suit Williams said that this was the best promotion or best advertising that AEW could have ever had. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <sighs> Hell in a Cell, man. What a way to go. And to, you know, and then they advertise uh, The Fiend versus Seth Rollins at Survivor Series in a rematch. And then they take it immediately off of social media because I think they went, well, I think we backed ourselves into another corner. How do we want to handle this one? Well, I don't know how we should handle this one. <laughs> like, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, this is going to be a big hole to come back from. I don't know if they can climb out of this hole. But time will tell. Time will, will greatly tell. Um, got about just a half hour or so left on the live stream here. Alex uh, looks like he got so fed up with it that he just he called it. Uh, so we'll see if he comes back here. Oh, yep. Okay. He um, he 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 made peace with himself. Psych. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is bad. Uh, before before we leave today. We were going to talk King of Pro Wrestling, but I have a feeling that we're going to be able to get back on Wednesday night um, after after the Dodgers game. Maybe even tomorrow night, too, since I don't have uh, Dodgers game five. And I won't be into the irritation level that I could be if they blow game five on Wednesday. Uh, Alex, welcome back. I, I know it was hard to try to digest what we talked about. Um, it was. I, don't I, I got fiended <laughs> away. But, no, it it was – it's it's bad. It's crazy when Extreme Rules is the best show they've done all year. <laughs> Somebody said, can you explain to me how what looked to be a 30-pound mallet that would kill a human being is legal, but a sledgehammer to a ladder is not? <laughs> I can't explain it. I, I really the, can't, and referee, nor do I want to. Seth, this isn't you, man. Don't do this. This isn't you. You're going to kill him. Okay, Ref. Why don't you just get out of here? Uh, Joe, Joe Gagney, um, I believe, is the host of um, the, the Pro Wrestling Match Game, which I, is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to because it's, it's some of the best wrestling trivia. Um, he said, tonight was worse than the Bugs match from WrestleMania. Amazing. Uh, we all remember. Yeah, the that, that was kind of the vibe I, I, I was getting while watching it uh, earlier in the show where I was just like, this, I wanted to ask you what's worse, this or or that? The blood coming through, uh, gushing through Seth Rollins' ah! mouth, or or giant caterpillars? You know, why is Bray Wyatt? Uh, why is Husky Harris? Why is Rotondo Smith? Uh, whatever his gimmick name is or his real name, I should say. What? Why is he in these bad matches? Is it just oh, yeah. due to the character? Oh yeah. Yeah, hands down. It's so bad. I've I've never been. You know who didn't have a bad week? (laughs) Who's that? All Elite Wrestling. (laughs) Um, man, oh man, the the numbers I have a lot. By the way, did you get the? Did you 
read the the email I sent you uh, this morning, the Google Doc one. Yep, I have it opened right up on here, and Evil Uno is God. <laughs> so um, I can't remember who 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 sent me that that Google Doc. I'm, I'll try to get the name so we can give him credit. But he's going to be updating that every Wednesday. So if we want to, for the sake of the legit legitimacy of them using win losses as a real thing, we're going to have an updated win loss every Wednesday. So save that Google Doc because it'll update every week, which I think is really nice. cool. And I, I want to give them credit for for doing it because I think it's I think it's an awesome thing and it's something that we get to keep tabs on. I just I don't remember exactly who sent it to me, so I don't want to give the credit out to the wrong person. But uh, you know who you are, who made it. You know you listen to the show, so thank you for mm-hmm. sending that. That is really dope. It's I mean yeah, it's, got it's really amazing. Royal singles tags overall. I mean there's like six seven tabs of just all their like win loss records to keep track of males, females, like everything. So, you know, as we get deeper into this, we'll be able to really start looking at these wins losses and see how much they really use the, uh, the whole thing. But I wanted to get into the, let me, let me go. I'll go with the crow first. Let me go with the crow on this. Um, I said that I think if AEW did the 500,000 that TNT wanted them to get. That's a win because that's, that was, yep. you know, half a million. That's what they wanted. I don't think they're going to catch NXT, but that's okay because they're, you know, they're catching a juggernaut. NXT did 891,000 uh, uh, watches. They were 10th on cable that Wednesday night behind the MLB wildcard game. Second over American horror story. Uh, All Elite Wrestling, 1.409 million views, almost doubling NXT. The crow is coming in my mouth. I was wrong. And I was happy, happily wrong. And let me tell you what I think is the crazy stat of this. Um, You look at, you know, if, if you're a TV network, Alex, the number one thing you're going for is that 18 to 49 demographic, right? You yep. want that oh, age yeah. group. 0.68 rating for AEW, a 0.32 for the WWE NXT show. NXT wow. has a young people problem, man. Double. The male demographic in 18 to 49 was a 0.92, which was higher than NXT's overall rating in every demographic. <laughs> oh my gosh! The you want to go even crazier if you look at the teens starting the twelve to seventeen. Mm-hmm. AEW did a point six one. NXT did a point two one. Yeah, NXT doesn't seem much of a a, a young kid promotion. But that's that what isn't sense. that what it's supposed to be? We're the alternative. We're the hip new thing. We're the wrestling. Like to me. But I think that's I for like, people our age and and people that that regaled in 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 the cruiserweights in in the ECW into the Ring of Honor post you know uh, the collapses of of WCW and ECW. I think it's more of that again nostalgicness. Uh, the young kids that that are liking this are, are are the ones that have been exposed to all the different promotions overseas. You know all, all the independent scenes that that have exploded over the last, you know, couple of years. So I, I think that's where that demographic kind of hits. I think, that, you know, the kid 
demographic, 12 to 17, WWE has been lame for the last couple of years. What are people into? These kids are a lot smarter. These kids are like you, Ryan, or, or, or like Dave, who knew about the good stuff because they mm-hmm. have easier access. You guys had the tape trades. You guys had to talk to like random people. I, I, I have anxiety where I can't just talk to random people. But you're just like, <laughs> hey, I'll trade you this for that. And I'm like, no, I, I have no idea. But anywho, <laughs> I, I, I think – AEW is, 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 has that mixture of both, and, and that's why they were such a great success. I think NXT, hell, you look at the crowd. I've been to a show, you know, one of the house shows. I swear the average age was probably about in their mid-30s. So, and that's why I thought 18 to 49, they do good because it's all the people who grew up watching their indie favorites get put on, um, get put on this thing, you know? So all of your... All of your ROH fans from, I don't want to say 10 years ago, but I mean, I guess, you know, I guess you could ultimately look at the last five to 10 years. When you talk NXT, it's it's your Adam Coles and your, you know, DG USA champion, Johnny Gargano, uh, Tommaso Ciampa, you know, guys like that where, where you're like, yeah, I watched Matt Riddle. I watched these guys succeed on the indies. And now they're on TV, and and that to me is why I thought it was such a such a bigger demo that they would have been much closer in. You know, I mean they they smoked NXT on this demographic, and that blows my mind thinking about this. And you break it down, and and you get farther into farther into the rest of these categories. And the one that really blows my mind and why I say that this company's problem is they, they have a young people problem. Kids nowadays are smart enough to not pay attention. This is their downfall. NXT drew a 0.36 to a 0.34, beating All Elite Wrestling by 0.02, which I think equates to 20,000 people in the 50 and over category, Alex. That's the wow. only spot they won. So 50 and older were the only people that outwatched it. And last week, two weeks ago on NXT, they were like a point eight in the 50 and over. They were only a point three six. So they lost half of those viewers. And it's probably because they were like, oh, we have an alternative. And they went to the other brand. Um, so unfortunate. Why can't this is where I'm like, man, I wish they were on a Mondays or, you know, or, or a Tuesday. Because, you know, I, I don't think it'll bury NXT. I, I don't think so in the long run. But depending on, on these ratings, you know, what is Vince going to do? I mean, we already saw, you know, Finn Balor make a return. You know, we saw Tommaso Ciampa, which I thought was great. Adam Cole getting two, you know, new, new, uh, you know, potential opponents, which, you know, throws a wrench into, you know, kind of hell, what they're doing on the main roster, their, their story, their basic storylining. And, you know, they're, they're definitely putting on some fantastic matches, takeover level matches, I would say this past Wednesday, um, and, and I just hope that they're not going to, you know, okay, well, we're going to throw John Cena on, you know, or this or that, and you're just trying to boost up ratings. And I, I, I really hope this doesn't, you know, water down the product, you know, like, like we're saying, you know, we're saying when we heard that they were going to move to USA, you know, Trip saying nothing's going to change. Vince has nothing to do with it, but if those ratings keep declining or whatnot, and, you know, and, and they have to send more congratulatory tweets to AEW. That way you're trying to get ahead of it, guys. You know, it's just, <laughs> it, it's going to be bad. Well, and well, I don't and want it to be bad because it's the only thing watchable 
from that company. This, this is where, Alex, I'm going to take my victory lap. At the 22-minute mark, so 22 minutes into the show, regardless of where he was before, they brought one of their main roster big players and said he's now a permanent fixture on NXT. I told you they were going to do that. I said from day one, they are going to bring people, and if it gets worse, it's going to continue to happen. Somebody joked and said, how long till two weeks from now we hear gong on NXT? Gong and Adam Cole sees a ghost as the Undertaker comes out, but it doesn't. But it doesn't do anything because it didn't move the needles on SmackDown nope. or Raw when he would show but up. They panicked. Granted, they didn't well, they panicked. If you if you take a so AEW immediately after the show ended did a replay of the same Is it show. Is going to be him and Damian Priest? <laughs> if you combine AEW's live and their replay, they beat SmackDown the week before it went to Fox. And they almost beat Raw with the two shows combined. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, man, it, I, I saw this coming a, a mile away, and it only took them 22 minutes to introduce a main star talent onto the brand. It's going to happen. Yeah, I, I, you talk about I, stale. He wanted to get out of there. Let's be real. So by him going to there, well, yeah, because he got killed by Bray Wyatt. Let's not forget he yeah. broke his neck. Um, Oh, we don't know. He's, you know. It's not the same guy or anything, but um, that's me nitpicking too. But um, supposedly, with him going to NXT, he's actually going to make less money now because there's no house shows um, to get the money for, and there's no pay-per-view guarantee. So not only is he getting moved to NXT to try to help spark the number, but he's losing money in doing it. I was wondering about that, what the pay structure would be, because, I mean, it's got to be – what four or five times more than than what the average NXT superstar makes? I mean, the the reports out there, you know, have always been between like seventy to ninety thousand dollars. You know, being an NXT superstar, I'm sure Balor, or you know, has got to be what making at least north of five hundred to seven fifty, right? I would think so. Um, I'll see. I'm going to see if I can. T- yeah, it, it looks like the Demon King can be taking a lighter schedule for less money as part of his move to the NXT. Finn Balor is back in NXT as a full-time regular as opposed to Raw SmackDown talent who was brought to NXT to bolster ratings. And according to the Wrestling Observer, Balor will end up making less money with NXT because even though his guaranteed base money is the same, he will be missing out on revenue from house shows and pay-per-views and overseas tours now. So he's losing money getting brought getting moved to NXT. So like, like, could you just see this like, man, Hey, I got something for you. It's good shit. I'm going to take money from you because you need to help them. Like it, look, it, it took 22 minutes for them to already bring somebody in. And I yeah. understand it's kind of like, like, you know, you mentioned when I mentioned the Kevin Owens things, you're like, look, it was a guy who was there and it's the same thing with Balor. He was the guy that was there. And I, you know, and I, I'm cool with it. Cause I, I love the idea of Balor being there. I'm not mad that he's there, but mm-hmm. it's ex- the thing that, that, that it goes back to is it's the same thing I said, scares me after death with this move is if this show fails and gets smoked, which I said, it's not going to get smoked. And I was wrong. It got smoked. I mean, it got raped on, on, in the ratings here. You, they're going to keep doing this because they're going to think it's going to boost ratings. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the scary factor is I'm going to guarantee you, I will honestly guarantee you 
that next week the ratings will be even worse because they gave us a NXT TakeOver-like show. You can't do that every week. You can't come back next week and have three title matches on your show again. So they're going to be giving less next week than what they gave this week. They're going to lose more fans. Dude, we're getting Kushida taking on Walter. I think that's going to bolster some ratings, aren't From all the wrestling marks and nerds, you know, within that demographic of those younger, you know, uh, younger bucks, if you will. I think that's going to get some eyes to the screens, right? And oh, by the way, we get Kushida versus Walter, the battle of the all caps. I think that's awesome. I just, man, I hope they don't do any tomfoolery and just let them work because that'll be awesome. I'm with you on that. 100%. Like that's got to get some eyes on there. And they're playing to that AEW audience by announcing that match last week, I think. And to me, that's a must-see TV. You know, I, I will pull up the match listing of what they're doing this week on AEW. But, I mean, to me, I'm like, oh, all eyes are on that. Well, here and here's the one the one thing that I will give. And honestly, I thought it, NXT had a better wrestling show than AEW Dynamite premiere show. Um, but AEW overall as a product, it, it was just more sustainable. I mean, granted, again, I didn't watch the NXT broadcast because Wednesdays are such a bitch because what do we have? We have AEW, we have NXT, and oh, yeah, MTV's the challenges at the same time. I got a really American Horror Story. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. South Park, there's a lot of cake, which is a really good show on FXX right after It's Always Sunny. Wednesdays are crazy. It lights out Mm -hmm. David Spade, which is a hilarious late night show. So my DVR is already at 99%. And I already have like, I'm already backed up like two weeks on half of these shows. (laughs) So I have no idea what I'm going to do. So I watched the NXT on Hulu, but I saw all three title matches, probably condensed, I'm sure. Um, But again, from what I saw, it was pretty damn freaking good. And, and, you know, like you said, I agree. They're not going to be able to do that, do that week in and week out. But with AEW, again, with that vocal product, it just seemed like it was refreshing to watch. It was a breeze. They were telling stories. Hell, even the MJF, you know, Brandon Cutler match, you know, God bless Brandon Cutler. Good for you, man. But MJF, he did his job. He got a crazy pop. You know, Cutler, he was there. He just got whatever. But, hey, you know, the salt of the earth armbar, you know, making Cutler tap for the win there, that was pretty damn cool to, you know, kind of see, again, them building MJF as that next guy. You know, you mentioned Sammy Guevara. Excellent opening match. That's a way to open up a company. You know, it's better, you know, know, than your your, your pre-show match that they would have. Uh, What was it, Guevara and... um, Kip Sabian? Kip Sabian or, or Even whatnot. though Kip Sabian again, almost beat Adam Payne. <laughs> I still am mad about that <laughs> one. Was a pretty good match. But Sammy Guevara, again, he just oozes charisma. He oozes swagger. And both these guys have it. That's the best thing about this match here was, A, I didn't know why Sammy came out the booze, but he also has a tight-ass theme, too, you know, going back to Io Shirai there. But the swagger that both these guys have was just awesome to watch. And, and this was just a good wrestling match here. 
um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, missing those moonsaults, you know, but then hits that running moonsault for the two, you know, pushing co- or pushing Brandy into the way, you know, because, again, I was confused why Sammy was getting booed to begin with. And then, you know, he's like, hey, either I'm going to play on to this or, you know, he was foreshadowing, you know, kind of the end of the show that we got. But, you know, pulling Brandy uh, into the way for Cody during that suicide dive. Excellent, excellent spot. And then again, you know, making a name for himself by hitting that dominant shooting star press uh, where Cody got up his knees. But again, a beautiful, beautiful spot there. But, you know, they, they just did something where I was like, wow. But with, with NXT, it just made me it just made me think of the impossible where I'm like, man, we're going to have Finn Balor, Adam Cole. Well, we're going to get Adam Cole, Tommaso Ciampa. We're going to get Finn Balor, Tommaso like. All this stuff where I was like, ooh, the potential is there. Where AEW, it was just like everything that was happening now, I was all for. I wasn't thinking about the future. I was thinking of like, wow, that was a great product. I can't wait to see what they do next week with a new batch of wrestlers. And and that was one of the best things, too. And and like like you mentioned the Sammy Guevara thing, he just has that face of somebody you want to punch. I think that's what helps him get over so much, too. It's like you look at him and be like, I want to slap that guy. Um, but like NXT was so good on the wrestling aspect and, and it was so fun seeing these matches. But when you look at the two shows as a whole, AW acted as if there wasn't any other competition. They just did their own thing and told their own stories. And it, mm-hmm. the flow was so good. Everything was, it was, you know, there was no weirdness. It was just, a great paced show. Whereas NXT felt like they were going like they were, if we don't win this, we're getting canceled type type thing. And as Mm -hmm. great as these matches were, it was like, you guys are trying really hard and you're never going to be able to replicate this unless you want to give us a takeover like show every week. But then what's the point of having takeovers where AW just kind of stayed on their own Island and just did their own thing, told their own story Jack Swagger came back to a huge pop, you know, unlike the WWE stuff near the end of it, because of his size compared to these other guys, he looked like a million bucks killing everybody. Um, Whereas, you know, not when he's trying to do it to Big Show or Kane, which was stupid. (laughs) The the Moxley thing was cool with him and uh, with what he put Omega through the table. You mean he put himself through the table? Yeah, yep. And then Kenny just kind of hung on for dear life. There's <laughs> all the random people there. But mm-hmm. Oh, and also maintaining their champion and showcasing their champion, Chris Jericho, through all the important segments of throughout the night. And, yeah. uh, you know, they highlighted their champion, the veteran. It's, it's so surreal to, you know, think this. Jericho has had so many prominent moments in each company that he's been in. But he took AEW on his back, and he was making it the big deal that he knows it's going to be. And as was shown, you know, with the ratings, and I think word of mouth is only going to progress more and more. You know, hell, we're getting uh, Jimmy Havoc and Darby Allen this week. Yeah, number one contender. For the number one contendership. By the way, for, they get a title shot against Chris Jericho then. How crazy cool is that? 
And and like you mentioned the Jericho thing, the last thing you saw was Chris Jericho hitting his finishing maneuver on Nick Jackson, mm-hmm. I believe it was, and getting a one two three clean after he intercepted that belt Meltzer ever with a code breaker. Yep. You go on Monday Night Raw, and their champion is crying in a corner. <laughs> it's it's just light years difference. Yeah. You know, or you know what they also you also see you really saw the champion knocking out his challenger Cody, you know, with, with the Judas effect, and then yeah. him and his new stable of badasses saying not even not, not even saying anything, just taking care of the opponent, and you're thinking, whoa, what am I witnessing here with you know with with Santana, Ortiz, Sammy Guevara, Chris and Jericho, cool. yeah, yeah like, like you're, it wasn't like a like, big. No, but it was a stable. Like we yeah. we talk about, like you know, maybe not not as many people as us talk about it. But we're always like, man, if you give me a good stable in wrestling, I will bite one hundred percent. What a mm-hmm. perfect stable! Chris Jericho is your is your guy. You have your tag team in, in LAX who are incredible. I I think that's one of the best signings this company made because those two dudes, holy crap! I cannot see that. I cannot wait to see them finally have a great program with the Young Bucks. Take my mm-hmm. money now. They're promising young standout in Sammy Guevara, and now you got your muscle in an established name who can draw your ratings in Jack Swagger. Like it was, it's a perfectly constructed stable. And you know what you get for the big payoff is, I'm hoping you get you get the Bucks and Santana Ortiz. Obviously, you got the Kenny Omega thing with Moxie, but you got Cody with Chris Jericho. Um. You know, you could throw Paige in there, but maybe if the contract's up, that's when you bring back Marty Skrull to even the odds. And the crowd would eat mm. that alive. You know, this company didn't do anything crazy. They just kept it simple, told a story, told their own story, and didn't worry about anybody else, and put on a great first show where, you know, if, if you think of, you know, if this is 1998 Alex, you're watching that going, oh, my God, I can't wait for next week. When was the last time we said that yeah. on a weekly episodic wrestling show? We haven't. <laughs> it just hasn't been there. We left going, wow, I can't wait to see what happens next week. And WWE apparently was clowning them for announcing their matches ahead of time on these shows. Why? Because they're telling you what's going to happen? That's a good thing. Like you said, oh, my God, Make we get to find out about Darby Allen and, and Jimmy yeah. Havoc. This is awesome. Oh, that means we know on the 23rd or the 16th we're going to get to see your uh, – the winner of that against Jericho. So we know in two weeks we're getting a world title match. Why is it bad that you're telling us that? It's selling tickets. And and once again, I'm going to take the lap on this one for everybody said that the Pac thing was real. Why did he go and beat Adam Page? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why he's undefeated? Yeah. You know, creative difference. What did so? so once again, if it was a creative difference, Alex, and this means Pac was like, screw you guys. I'm not, I'm not losing, or I'm not beating Adam Page. I'm not beating Kenny Omega. I'm only joining your company if I can put them over. That's literally what that means then. It's hey, just, Kenny Omega's taking L's, and like you said, he, he's taking Page clean. So. And you, you go uh, off that ratings, ratings list, Kenny Omega's two and three right now in that company. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. I'm not even seeing him right now. <laughs> Kip Sabian is above him in percentages. <laughs> yeah, two for three. Like it's it's that's why this show works so well. Is they didn't disguise themselves as something they're not. 
They said, this is what you know we've been, and this is what we're going to give you. And if you like it, great. If you don't, I understand, but we're going to give it to you. And they're, supposedly they're putting the stuff on YouTube, so we're going to get to see Darby Allen and Shima's match on YouTube. Yeah. I was just about to bring um, that up. AEW, I think it's called like AEW Dark. Yeah, uh, AEW Dark. On and, yeah, I, you know, I was talking to some people in this one wrestling group, and, you know, they were talking, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was, oh, they were talking something about, you know, AEW. And I brought up, I was like, hey, you guys need to watch this show that's going to be on YouTube, AEW Dark, and watch Shima Darby Allen. And I put Shima where I was like, you guys don't realize the parallel of Shima and Jericho. I was like, what Shima did over in Asia, you know, from Dragon oh. Gate to, you know, OW. E is just so crazy and, and, and just as significant as Jericho leaving WWE. I was like, it's, it's literally the same dynamics of what they did with the wrestling culture. It's, it's mind-boggling. What he can do and to, to placate and, and go with that different style that Darby Allen possesses, I was like, that, that would be in Shima's wheelhouse. And, and apparently the word of mouth is, is this match literally rocked the shit out of that, that, that crowd. So Yeah, this is one of the best really match the whole evening. Yeah, so it's definitely Which... a magic. And then, and then the following night we get to see Jimmy Havoc take on Darby Allen. So again, Do you think that's why they put Darby in this match? Do you think that's why they're like, holy crap, Darby just did that with Shima. Let's put him in a match. Let's, let's give him a, a rub. You know? Like... And, and that's the one thing I love that you brought up the Shima Jericho comparison. Look at last year's our awards ballot. We had Shima on there because that dude, not only did he, he do the OWE thing, but he leaves Dragon Gate and he makes Wrestle One and DDT's numbers like have brought like a 2000% increase on their YouTube channels. Like this dude, like you mentioned, he was making moves. So the fact that he's in there and he's doing the stuff with these guys is just fantastic. Um, I, I hope we get more L. Lindemann and T-Hawk. I want to see more of the Stronghearts. I think that's going to be fantastic, uh, getting more of those guys in there. Um, the, the You know, I, I have one small gripe, and it's not even like that of a deal, but I just thought it was pretty funny how um, – I don't think she's bent for the role. Um, but it also placates on something that I want to actually praise where normally I would be bashing this segment or this part of the show over and over and over and over again. But thankfully this time I didn't have to. Um, uh, so the, the part that I'll say was, was a little awkward um, was Britt Baker jumps on commentary during the women's match. And so, so and they're like, so Britt, you're a, you're an actual dentist. And she goes, yep. They're like that must've been hard task to do to become a dentist. And she just goes, yep. I was like, oh, okay. She's, she sounded like jumping Jeff Farmer uh, doing that, yep, thing. Uh, the IPW, look up Honey Woke, do, I think it is on YouTube, and you can find the, the jumping Jeff Farmer. I was going to throw it to Alex. Alex got hit with the Yakuza kick um, and has left the building. But if, if he swings back on, I want to ask him if he noticed that too. Um but I, I got to tell you, the difference and the improvement that that booth had with the simple thing of adding a guy like Tony Schiavone blew my mind. Tony Schiavone was tremendous. He stayed out of the way of Jim Ross. Jim Ross was able to just call a match rather than 
give all these stories. And Shivani placated himself into a perfect role of just kind of adding things here and there, along with Excalibur doing it. This was the this was the best that the, the broadcast team has sounded. This was the most the most cooperation that they all had together. And I, I, you know, it's the first time I think they were all together with it. Um, so I, I, I got to give them the mad praise with it. Um, Alex, real quick, before we jump off what I, what I said, I wanted to get your opinion on, uh, Britt Baker sounded like, uh, jumping Jeff Farmer. Uh, with, with <laughs> she, I, she sounded like she was doing the worst impersonation of a Long Island Jersey Shore knockoff. I was so confused. They said, but uh, yeah, she. They said, uh, uh, Britt, you know, you're a, you're an actual dentist, right? And she goes, Yep. They're like, that must have been a really hard thing to become a dentist. And she goes, Yep. Yep. And I was like, Oh, that's <laughs> jumping Jeff Farmer, <laughs> right there. Thank you. <laughs> oh man. But let me ask you this here before uh, before we let everyone go here. And um, if you want to hear the last couple of minutes, it's you know kind of what I already talked about. But hit us up prowrestlingtees.com forward slash wrestlecast to get the shirts. Also, you can you can check us out iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, everywhere you get them. We're also now on Red Circle, so you can find us Spotify. on Red Circle, Spotify. Um, hit us up on the Red Circle. That's our newest thing. So we need to get some more downloads. But um, for those of you who kind of heard this little segment, I want to bring it to Alex. Adding something like Tony Schiavone made this the best commentary group they've had. He was so good in just Mm -hmm. getting out of JR's way to let JR call it. But then he came in with those little blurbs that JR would try to do that had no idea what he was talking about. And he was so perfect in the way he just did small things. Now, Jim Ross re-mentioned Liger and Pillman twice, even though Schiavone had already brought that up once, which (laughs) fine, whatever. But then, you know, Excalibur coming in here and there, Shivani coming in here and there, Shivani going to do the interviews in the ring. I thought this was the best that, that the, was the, group, the commentary group sounded the whole time. I thought these, if that's what these three are going to bring every week, I am no longer going to shit talk them. I, I love this commentary team. Uh, I, I thought Jim Ross, unfortunately, has, has not, not unfortunately, but he was like the Jerry Lawler. Of of this group, where, where Shivani for me was the guy I was more following. You know, I, I think him and Excalibur and Golden Boy would be the ultimate trifecta. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you know they they have Jim Ross, I'm sure, with a really you know lucrative contract, as, as he stated numerous times there. But but I I think down the line, if you think future, Shivani, Excalibur, Golden Boy, wow, that would be such a great great mix there. But it was it was good to hear Shivani again, like you said, the the, uh, the the interviews that he conducted, whether it was on stage, in the ring, on the side of the ring, really, really great. JR, you know, yeah, he had some lapses, but hey, it's going to happen. Um, Excalibur is such a professional, you know, you you know, talking about his history that he has, you know, with, with some of the wrestlers in the ring, which I think is very, you know, important for the fans too, to kind of get, you know, a, a different perspective, you know, so, someone that has faced them. So overall, I, I couldn't, you know, agree more. Uh, what a great uh, announcing team, a lot better than Monday's, even though I would say Jerry Lawler uh, sounds refreshed. He sounds great. Uh, I hope they don't get rid of him as soon as they, they are planning to, but, but he's definitely a, a good uh, guide for the, the new two men, which who I don't even know. Yeah, Joseph. Dio Madden and Vic Joseph. 
No idea. That's the epitome of the thing that pisses me off about the performance center. This dude played in the NFL. Just give him his NFL name. Why do you got to call him D.O. Madden? <laughs> Has there ever been a human being named D.O.? Uh, Ronnie James. <laughs> it's it's it like, I don't know. It just baffles me. Every time that I hear D.O. Madden, it makes me think, and this is going to be really random, but when I watched that a long time ago, I watched that Jimmy Kimmel mean tweets thing. And mm-hmm. somebody called Matthew McConaughey a dick turd. And he goes, the hell is a dick turd. And he just kind of goes dick turd. You keep saying it. Cause he's so confused. Every time I hear D.O. Madden, I just think dick turd. Cause I have no <laughs> idea what a D.O. Madden is like, and it, nothing against the guy. Dude was an NFL player. He's, he's not terrible. He's got a good look when they bring the camera on him. Um, he's better than Byron Saxton was. Um, but hey, I don't know. I'm like, Dio Madden, why do you change these people's names? And just, you give them the stupid, George, have you seen these NXT t-shirts since every NXT roster member has a t-shirt now? It's literally a plain t-shirt with a very small logo in the center of the chest. And it looks like, like, it looks worse than like, a logo you just make on like Microsoft Paint. They're terrible. And like ACH is just says Jordan Miles and has like a thumbs up next to his weird font. That's the shirt. Like that it just doesn't make sense. So stop changing the names, guys. Um like I said, I, I wanna come back here with Alex and get some uh talk some Puro Maybe ones that I will get on. It might be a little bit later because I, I do have to watch that Dodgers game. Otherwise, if we can both get Dragon Gate watched, maybe we can come back tomorrow night. We'll, we'll preview King of Pro Wrestling. We'll talk Dragon Gate. Um, and Alex might want to talk that DDT show a little bit as well that took place a couple of weeks ago. So we will rock and roll that. Uh, it'll, it'll be excited. Uh, we'll be back, though. Uh, thank you all for listening. I had a lot of fun finally getting back on here with Alex. Um, I bet you guys were very happy to not have to listen to my ass ramble by myself for a half an hour uh, because he is, he is uh, much more proficient in the way he discusses things than me just kind of rambling and bitching. So thank you, Alex, for, for always taking the time to help me succeed on this show. But we will be back talking Ben K, Masaki Mochizuki, the awesome Cork and Dragon Gate show, preview King of Pro Wrestling, and a whole lot of more. We will catch y'all in a day or two. Peace.